You're listening to Marriage Minute with Pastors Richard and Donna Spears, impacting marriages that leave a lasting legacy. Hey, everyone. Hi. Welcome to our Marriage Minute podcast with Pastors Richard and Donna Spears. So glad you guys could join us today. Yeah, so let's jump right in. Today we're talking about, does God hate divorce? Oh, that's a good good question. It is a good question. And divorce... I think that's a a big question for a lot of people. Yeah, and I think it's a taboo topic. You know, people, Christians especially, you know, there's a lot of divorced people out there, Mm -hmm. you know, and... Christians, especially nowadays, don't want to really dive into that topic. You know, it's kind of one of those yeah. things where don't ask, don't tell. I don't really want to know. What does God feel about that? Right. You know, because sometimes you find yourself in a situation where you are divorced. And, and, and you may find yourself in a situation where you didn't want to be divorced, but your spouse just kept pushing for it yeah. and was, you know, I guess relentless. Yeah. On that. And so there could be some of you out there that may have been that person, that spouse, that um, pushed for a divorce, and then hindsight, and as time passed, you you have regrets about that. Yeah. And so we we're not here. Yeah. yeah, we're not here to condemn. <laughs> exactly. We're not here to um, you know shame you or guilt you in any That's way. Right. That's right. What we want to come with is what does the Word of God say uh, when it comes to this question? Does God hate divorce? Mm-hmm. That's really what we want to we we want to talk about. Uh, is lay a foundation today, lay a foundation from the Word of God. And this is going to be an ongoing subject uh, and topic throughout, I think, this the, the rest of this month of December for us. And right. we want to uh, make sure that we're not basing it off of our feelings and our emotions or the experiences that we went through. But what does God word, God's Word say about that? Does He hate divorce? Right. So, um, look, we're not here to... We're not here to add, um, you know, pain, and we're not here to add difficulties and grief into your life. That's not that's not the no. point of our uh, of what we want to do in this in this podcast. It's really um, it's really important that we answer the question from a biblical viewpoint, and, and to as I said before, really lay a strong foundation. Yeah. So let's just jump right into Malachi <clears throat> two. Verses fourteen to sixteen. I'm going to read from the New King James. Um, if that's okay. Yeah. Uh, Malachi 2, 14 to 16. It says, Yet you say, for what reason? Because the Lord has been witness between you and the wife of your youth, with whom you have dealt treacherously. Yet she is your companion and your wife by covenant. But did he make, did he not make them one, having a remnant of the Spirit? And why one? seek He seeks godly offspring, therefore take heed to your spirit. And let none deal treacherously with the wife of his youth. For the Lord God of Israel says that he hates divorce, for it covers one's garment with violence, says the Lord of hosts. Therefore, take heed to your spirit that you do not deal treacherously. Wow. So right there it is in black and white. Pretty powerful scripture. God hates divorce. He he does say that uh, God hates divorce. Uh, That was verse 16 16 specifically. Mm -hmm. Um. And I think I think some other things that it, it, it brings, and I know we'll talk about this, but it just brings a light that God's the He's the author of marriage, yeah. really. And and so God doesn't hate you. That's that's the key thing you, you need to take away from this. God doesn't hate you. Um, he just hates divorce, and He hates divorce because He knows ultimately it hurts people, uh, people that He loves, mm-hmm. and it hurts families. 
So, uh, so that's a that's a big a big reason. Why. Yeah. So we need to look at why does God number one hate divorce? Why does He esteem marriage so highly? Mm-hmm. And it says right here in Malachi verse fifteen, chapter two, fifteen. It says, but did he not make them one, having a remnant of the Spirit? It says in verse 15, what we get from that is he made man and woman to be one in in a covenant marriage. I'll just say that. God is the originator of marriage. Yeah. It wasn't man. (laughs) God is the one in his word in Genesis uh, 2, 18. It's not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper comparable to him. Yeah. And then in Genesis 2, 21 and 24. Yeah, that says, um, so again, this is New Living Translation, but it says, So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. Mm -hmm. While the man slept, the Lord took out one of the man's ribs and closed up the opening. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib, and he brought her to the man. Uh, At last, the man exclaimed, This one is bone from my bone and flesh from my flesh. She will be called woman because she was taken from man. This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. So if the if the scripture that Donna read earlier in Malachi chapter two, where it talks about didn't isn't God asking the question, isn't God the one that brought the man and the woman together? Not bring them together. So Yes, that's like uh, uh, in the Old Testament, almost the, the, the last book. That is the last book before um, the New Testament begins in Matthew in your Bible. But um, not only is he saying it there, but in the very beginning in Genesis, mm-hmm. the very first book of the Bible, in the beginning, God created man and woman in his image. And he said, as you said before, it was not good for man to be alone. That's right. That's and right. so God said, look, I'm going to put man into a deep sleep. I'm going to take a, a part of him, and I'm going to make woman and fashion her out of man and from man. And so Adam said, look now, flesh of my flesh, bone of my bones. And then they became united one. That's why the husband leaves his father and his mother and is joined to his wife. So God is the one that, number one, created mankind. God is the one that uh, invented and created marriage for mm-hmm. a purpose and a reason. That's right. So, so marriage, yeah. marriage is God's idea. It, you know, we look at marriage nowadays, and my goodness, it's like a multi-billion-dollar business. Where you know, it, it didn't look like that back then. No, you didn't have the papers and the the all the fanfare and everything when it comes to marriages. But but well, what have, we're talking you about don't have the big wedding budgets and everything else the, that's going on is the biblical foundation of when. Uh, God created marriage. He create, created man and woman for one another in a covenant relationship. So marriage is God's idea. And if he designed it, then he gets to define it. We yeah. don't get to define it. No, we don't. As much as we want to, we don't get to define it. And the thing is, is that, you know, because he defines it. Now, again, this is maybe some strong language for some of you out there. And again, our intent here is not to, to create an offense. It's, again, to educate uh, it's to help you understand biblically the foundation of this um, and why God hates it. But when we deviate from his design, he designed it from the very beginning, right? It disgusts him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he hates that. Um, he doesn't hate you. He just hates divorce and what it does. As I That's said before, right. he, 
He hates what it does. He knows that divorce causes heartache. He knows that divorce causes pain and suffering and mm-hmm. grief and mm-hmm. loss. He knows that. And he knows that the, the impact upon the family is also going to be generational. That's right. God knows all these things. And so he his heart is to want to help us yeah. so that we don't fall into a mistake, into trouble, and to have to suffer the consequences of, of those decisions. So we've been, I have been throwing around, and I don't know if you have, the word covenant. Yeah. And so we felt like it was just really important to help you guys out there understand when you enter into um, a marriage with your spouse, you're entering into a covenant relationship, Mm -hmm. just like you enter into a covenant relationship with God. And so we felt like it was important to to hone in on that a little bit, to help Mm -hmm. you understand it's not just uh, a contract, and we'll talk about that later, um, where you're always looking for that other person not to check off that list for that day or whatever. So if you want to go ahead and and talk about, you know, the first reason why God hates hates divorce. divorce Because it, it breaks a covenant. And you might say, well, why is that important? You know, what's the what's the point of that? Well, God actually has a covenant with us as mankind. And, and that really started with, you know, Adam and Eve in the garden. Uh, unfortunately, they broke that covenant with him and, and the, the fall of, of what God had intended uh, all along uh, for marriage to be. And God actually... Uh, made a covenant with Abraham. So there's all kinds of, there's the Adamic covenant, there's the Abrahamic covenant. So he made, a, he made a covenant with Abraham where he was the actual one that fulfilled the covenant because he knew Abraham couldn't. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a whole story of redemption. And so um, uh, when God looks at a marriage because he invented and he created, this is a lifelong mm-hmm. thing. It's a lifelong commitment. <laughs> As God's commitment is to mankind, for life and That's even right. for eternity's sake, uh, he sees marriage in the same way That's because right. he created that. Mm-hmm. He, de- he, he defined it and he invented it. Mm-hmm. So God designed marriage to be for life. So when we take a vow, you know, for those of you that are out there that are already married, um, some of you may be getting close to that. You're, you're engaged and you've got a date set and it's coming in the near future. Um, you know, I know what vows you and I took uh, on that day when we were married, mm-hmm. right? We, mm-hmm. we said to each other, for better or for worse, uh, for richer, for poor, in sickness and, and in sickness health. and in health, until death, death do us part. Yes. So you're making a vow not only to each other. Well, I don't care if, if some of you out there that, that might question, if you're listening for the first time to us or you've been listening and you and you don't know if there is a God or you don't, you're just unsure. You think there's some intelligent design out there, but you're just not quite sure. Or maybe even you're atheist. The bottom line is, is that somehow you were created and you were formed, right? So when you make a vow, you're making a vow, whether you believe it or not, you're making a vow and God is involved in that vow. Mm-hmm. And not only is that vow just not for the two of you who are engaged in that marital process, but you have witnesses. In most cases, there's a witness. Mm-hmm to the effect of the vows that are being stated. And and so um, not only do you have God that's overseeing this because he invented it, he invented, you know, he created mankind, he created marriage. So God's in it and you have witnesses there to, to witness that fact. So now you've got these vows being stated as a covenant, as a commitment for life. Mm-hmm. And so God mm-hmm. operates by covenant. 
and by keeping promises. And that's really what uh, hurts his heart is that, you know, there's a um, there's an author I've been reading. His name's Gary Thomas. I think I may have said it wrong when we were talking about this on our live stream. I think I said another another author. So author. So I apologize to that author, uh, Gary Chapman, who talks about love languages. But Gary Thomas is the is a book that I'm reading right now um, called Sacred Marriage. And one of the things that he suggests, I don't know if you've got to that part yet in the book, honey, but he talks about what if we looked at marriage differently? Mm-hmm. Yes. We want to be happy in our marriage. We want mm-hmm. to support each other. And, you know, I want to meet your needs. You want to meet my needs and those kinds of things. But that's not all there is to marriage. What right. if marriage, God intended marriage to actually help each of us to become holy? Mm-hmm. Yep. I did get to that part. And so that makes you start to rethink what marriage is about. Yes, I want to be happy. Yes, God wants us to be happy mm-hmm. in our marriage. But ultimately, if you think about what's the finish line, yeah, the finish line is eternity. Yeah, your marriage in and of itself is not the end game. No. Not, a, not by no. a long shot. We're just starting the race. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, during that race, I know that I, I had coming into our marriage, I had baggage and I had you know, ways of, of doing life from things that I learned growing up, right? So did you. Mm-hmm. Uh, not all those things were healthy. Not all those things were, um, you know, admirable. Uh, some of those things were, were, were really bad, and it affected our marriage. And so, but the Bible does talk about iron sharpens iron. Mm-hmm. And so God, you know, brought us together mm-hmm. in a unique way. Uh, it wasn't healthy from the, from the beginnings. Right. But God redeemed us and helped us to be healthier people Mm -hmm. through one another. You helped to sharpen me and to make me better from a biblical viewpoint. You actually helped me become, and I'm not done. I'm not saying it like I'm Mm -hmm. done. Right, right. But you've helped me become more holier Mm -hmm. because God says, be holy because I am holy, Mm -hmm. right? We're supposed to become more like Jesus Christ throughout our life. And so... Um, I've helped you become more holier. You've helped me. And we're going to continue to do that in this life until we uh, move into eternity, Mm -hmm. into the next phase of what God has. And to to break that down into a little more practical terms um, for you guys out there, when you enter into a marriage, a covenant relationship with someone, and you... So you, you start realizing that you have to sacrifice. Mm -hmm. You start realizing that you have to put your selfishness aside, especially when kids come along. Yeah. And and those are the things that we're talking about that, that we hone each other in that in those aspects. We we create an environment that brings us to live more like Jesus, um, which in turn brings that righteousness and holiness to right. our life. And so it's dying to those that self every day. Yeah. We are decreasing and he is increasing. Yeah, that's great. I was, that's and, a great scripture. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He must increase yeah. and I must decrease. Yeah. But you know, um, um, what was I going to say? Well, we'll just keep moving. But um, yeah. there's just sometimes there's just an attitude between two people that when they come into marriage, mm-hmm. you see this a lot, is that it's kind of like a contract. Right. And... It's like, okay, um, in America, for those of you that are listening to us, you know, from afar globally, you know, different countries of the world, 
maybe you have this in your country, but in America they call it a prenuptial agreement. And so what that basically means, it's a contract to say, okay, right. I'm the husband coming to the marriage and I'm bringing this, this, and this. I'm bringing X amount of money. I'm bringing maybe a business that I started. Uh, I'm bringing in my home. I'm bringing in a car. And so... I hear a lot of eyes. Exactly. <laughs> so that's, that's a good point. And yeah. so um, when I bring all this stuff into the marriage, these are the things I'm saying is the agreement that if we don't make it as a couple... In this contract, mm -hmm. if you will. So the end is already in mind. The end is already in mind because I'm kind of going, in, kind of stepping into this with like one toe in the water, yeah. so to speak, to see how cold or warm the water is going to be. And yeah. if I don't like it, I'm going to pull my toe out and I'm going to take my, yeah. everything that I'm bringing in the marriage, I'm taking it with me. So all those things I lay out in that prenuptial agreement, uh, I'm taking. And then you would come with whatever the things that you're bringing into the marriage. And you would say, I, I agree to that. And you're not taking any of these things from me. And mm -hmm. so now we've already got a contract, if you will. Exactly. Where, And it's, uh, it's definitely not the two becoming one. No. You know, because I, here's my, my caveat. If you are entering into marriage and you are asking for a prenuptial agreement, don't get married. Just don't. Your heart's not in it. It's not right. You know, you're you're not you're not where you need to be uh, spiritually. You're not where you need to be relationally in looking at marriage as what God intended for it to be. Exactly, because this is the thing I was thinking about earlier. You, you thank Good. you for saying. <laughs> thank you for saying. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> um, but you know, the reason the reason why back to this covenant piece that we've been talking about, the reason why it's so important to God and why he hates divorce is God is a God of covenants, as I mentioned before, and marriage actually represents God to the rest of the world. So mm -hmm. if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, which is the most important decision First you could ever make in your life, yes. um, make that decision for Jesus Christ because when, when he's your Lord and Savior and you look to him for pure satisfaction the satisfaction of your mm -hmm. life and to bring you joy and happiness when a person can't do that. We're all right. going to fall short right. of that. But when you've got that relationship right with Jesus, then your relationship with your spouse, your future uh, marriage partner, is going to be even better mm -hmm. because you've got things in alignment. So back to the covenant piece. So why is covenant so important to God? Because marriage actually represents God mm -hmm. to the rest of the world. It does. Because marriage... Is, is all about reconciliation. Mm -hmm. It's all about redemption and, and being redeemed to one another mm -hmm. because we're going to make each other upset. There's mm -hmm. going to be offenses happen. I'm going to get angry at my spouse. She's going to get angry at me. And so, but there's an opportunity for reconciliation. And so marriage shows commitment, especially mm -hmm. if it's made lifelong That's commitment right. unto death. That's right. As it should. As it should be then I'm not going to have this view that I'm coming into this contract, and if you don't fulfill the contract, I'm leaving. No, mm -hmm. this is this is a covenant for life, and through this, I'm actually going to show God mm -hmm. to other people mm -hmm. because God is fully committed to me, mm -hmm. He's fully committed to you, and He's fully committed to all of you out there. That's right. And so God hates uh, divorce because it's a covenant that's being broken that represents Him in the earth. Right, and, and God hates divorce in, in the same way we can say the enemy loves it. The enemy yeah. enemy loves, Satan loves to roam around and, and see on the earth and see what, what people he can get stirred up against, mm -hmm. what couples he can get stirred up against one another and break up families and marriages. That He would love mm -hmm. nothing more than for, for everyone, all families and relationships to be fractured. Right. 
So just keep that in mind. God is is good. He's all things good. He is for divorce or for no no for, for marriage. No 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 no. <laughs> he is for marriage, and and right. Satan is the opposite. He's 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 for your destruction. For your destruction and your destruction only. He doesn't. God loves you. Mm-hmm. He loves you so much. The enemy can't stand you. Mm-hmm. He could care less about how you're feeling. He could care less about what's going on in your He just wants you broken and fractured and destitute yeah. and, and serving a life of lack yeah, yeah. and poverty. And that is not the uh, God and, and, that we and serve. And no joy. That's right. No happiness, no That's joy. That's right. That's right. And so, you know, read John 10 10. We're not going to read that right now, but read John 10 10. That's your little homework from today's uh, teaching is mm-hmm. read that because that'll define who's for you and who's against you. Mm-hmm. That's, That's right. scripture alone. It's very That's powerful. Right. That's right. So like co- going back to covenant versus contract, we have just a little example before we close up today, you know, just to help you understand, you know, a contract is to do or not to do something. It has penalties like we were talking about the prenuptial, you know, agreement. Or, or for example, you you have you pay rent. Your lease is a thousand dollars a month, and what happens in your contract? You sign yes, I promise to pay a thousand dollars a month for this for the next twelve months. And when you negate to pay that, then what happens? Yeah, you get evicted, or your, you get a your notice. Land, your landlord your, then has a right by contract. By contract, that you agreed that you were going to do these things, which is to pay your rent every month for one year and you decide I'm not going to do that. Well, now by contract, mm-hmm. your landlord has mm-hmm. the right mm-hmm. to then say, you have to, you have to leave. I'm going to evict you out of the property because you're not fulfilling the contract. Yeah. So what we're saying here is if you approach marriage contractually, um, you have a checklist of things that if, if my spouse doesn't do this, 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 and this, then I'm walking. Right. Again, you already have the end in mind. If And he has a contract to you. If she doesn't do this, this, and this, then I'm out. And so that is approaching marriage contractually. Covenant, it's, almost like, it's almost like a business. It's, it's just so sad. It's I'm abysmal, just here thinking like, oh my gosh, I can't even. It's just a business transaction. Yeah, 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 for sure. But, but covenant, it, it is like a contract, but it differs because if a covenant is broken, it's considered immoral. Yeah. Right? And that's what we're talking about. We want to be morally upright. We want to exemplify God in in our marriages and in our life. And we want uh, to be in that covenant relationship, not contractual relationship. You want all the blessings of everybody. I don't know anybody out there that can say, no, don't give me the blessings. Mm -hmm. Don't give me blessings. Don't bless me. Don't prosper me. Don't give me good health. We want, but we really do. We want all those things. But if you enter into your relationship with with God as as a contract, you're gonna it's gonna fail. Absolutely. But when you enter into that covenant with God, into the sacred place with the Lord, and you abide by His rules and you delight in Him and you do what the Word says, right? Because you're in covenant, not because you. You are checking it off a list. Yeah. All of those it's things. Not a, it's not a have to. It's not a have to. It's, it's a it's, want to. Gosh, I can't tell you how much I want to, I want to obey his word. Why? And Jesus said this. He, he, you know, because we, a lot of people wonder like, okay, well, I want the blessings. Well, you have to do the things <laughs> do that <you>? Jesus said <laughs> right. to do in order to have the blessing in exactly. your life. And blessing exactly. isn't just for the marriage. I mean, it's for your financial well-being. It's for Abs- your, your physical it. health. It's for everything. But this is what Jesus said. 
He said, if you love me, I'm not, ref- I can't remember the, the scripture reference right now, just the, just the scripture in itself. But Jesus says, if you love me, you will obey mm-hmm. my commands. Mm-hmm. Now, it's like you said, it's not obligatory. Mm-hmm. It's not like I have to, but I obey those things because one, I love Jesus and I realize the great price that he paid for me. Mm-hmm. So that I can have freedom and Amen. health and wholeness and joy and All harmony yes. in my life yes. and in my marriage. Yes. Um, so that that is the, the 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 difference. You know, it's immoral. I mean, to answer the question, why is it considered immoral? It's because God's the one that ordained That's marriage right. in That's the right. first place. And when we break uh, an ordained thing that God created um, for life, He created this for life. It's it's immoral. Because we're not seeing the end in mind, meaning that that there's a holiness at stake, there's eternity at stake, and there's an, an iron sharpening iron between two people to represent God in the earth. Amen. Yeah. That's good. All right, guys. Well, we're done for today. Uh, yeah. Tune in next week because we're going to continue. For us. Yeah, we're going to continue this discussion. So yeah. until then, Love be blessed. You guys. Love you. Bye bye. Thank you for listening today. Catch all of our podcasts at RevivalNow.com and send us your Marriage Minute questions at MarriageMinute at RevivalNow.com.